Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Friday, December the 9th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith back with us today. And another special guest uh, joining us here on the uh, show, fellow Ian. Yes. Uh, joining us on the Ice Guys today, Ian Starkman. But we can't really be calling two people on the same damn show, Ian. So we're going to call him Stark. Perfect. Uh, to make things a little bit easier. <laughs> uh, Stark, uh, what's going on? Good to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, love the show. Been listening to you guys all week. I think you're great. Been following you, Ian, on Twitter for quite some time and uh, excited to get into it. I'm a big sports guy. Love sports. Uh, played hockey, coached it, but I've always watched every type of sport. Uh, hosted a podcast just a bit outside with Stark Mazzaro for a couple of years. So really kind of got into sports betting at that time a few years back and then as things opened up in Ontario it's been something I've been really passionate about I love betting on the NFL and college football but really my favorite is hockey because in hockey betting as you guys know you have to find the value the NFL college football NBA Vegas sets the value for you it's minus six and a half for the bears it's minus three and a half for the patriots but in hockey you got to find that value minus 140 is that worth it plus 140 is that worth it so hockey's really uh my home when it comes to betting i love it yeah and that's the unique part about hockey and the other money line sport too baseball where you know in those two sports you know you're you got to basically also concern yourself with how much of your bankroll you're putting into play when you're talking a minus 170 favor you're basically paying minus 105 minus 110 you know, even money with every spread bet in NFL or NBA, and you don't really have to worry about that too much. Whereas if you're going to bet sides in NHL or baseball, you know, you've got to concern yourself with, you know, is this the value that I'm looking for? And, you know, and also worry about bankroll management, because obviously for me, I'm not keen on laying more than minus 150 usually. Uh, when yeah. it comes to hockey with favorites. So that's definitely something new to keep in mind. But I love Stark coming uh, with fire here right out of the game. Always. I was going to set it up on a T saying, tell us about your sports background. Your no, sports no, no need to. I'll, <laughs> I'll just talk already. You tell me when to stop talking. That's that's the key. we got lots of games to get to, so I don't want to make it too long of a, yeah. a show for you. But anyway, there you go. He's done some podcasts in the past. He's been, you know, played hockey, coached hockey, been a big sports fan his whole life, gotten into betting the last few years. And you're right, regulation in Ontario uh, this year has definitely helped. Of course, you live in Oakville, a little closer to Toronto than me, just east from me, still west of uh, Toronto uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, Alex, how's the week going for you? I know you're still back home, obviously, in Chicago. You'll be there yeah. through the holidays. But I think from a betting standpoint, I've been I've been keeping an eye on your Twitter uh, throughout <laughs> yeah. the last couple of days. And I think you're doing pretty well. I think you had a nice night last night. Yeah, I did. I had the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I took a shot with, with Detroit first period, which I think a lot of people did. I know a lot of people like that team total over or the first period thinking that it was a bad spot for Florida, but I should have really read with the serious history. Florida has dominated uh, Detroit over the years now. They've helped them to two goals or fewer now, and I think 18 in the last 20 meetings. Uh, so a big win for Florida and a much-needed win for Florida. Like I said, this is a, a Florida team that I really think is, is actually in danger of 
maybe not making the playoffs. I know that's pretty early to say that, but I just don't like their form. We, you know, we talked about it at nauseum about how this offense is not as explosive as it was once before. Uh, so, so a good win against a Detroit team that's you know going to battle every night in and night out. Winnipeg just taking care of a of a really bad St. Louis team, and I think St. Louis, I think the the free fall is going to continue to ha- to happen now. I think they're going to kind of play themselves out. Although we can't say that because what happened. Few years ago, they were the worst team in the league on January 1st. They turned around and won a Stanley Cup. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't <laughs> think they're gonna, a lightning will strike twice in, in that aspect. And speaking of the lightning, Tampa Bay with a 5-2 win. They are finally arriving, and they're getting back to their normal form. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year in the previews. We said they're going to start off slow, but once they catch fire, they've not won eight of their last 11 games. If you want to play any futures on Tampa Bay, I think you got maybe three or four days to get some uh, good value captured there. So might want to jump to that sooner than later. Yeah, there's no question. Tampa Bay starting to uh, get going. Uh, Stark, any comments and observations on last night? You know what? All week I said to myself, make sure that you have a good Thursday night because when you come on the show on Friday, you don't want to be like, ah, oh, last night I was 0 for 7. It was brutal. But <laughs> uh, I had a good showing, uh, 5 and 3, including a parlay. I had the Florida Panthers in regulation. I had that Nashville-Tampa Bay over 6. I knew it was going to go over 6. As soon as I saw the uniforms, it was a double bad uniform game. The mustard yellow Predators <laughs> and the lightning cartoon ones. Over 6 was easy in that one. I had the Leafs in regulation. Regulation and I had the Dallas Stars team total over three and a half. That was great. I lost on the Blues. I lost on the Stars puck line, and the Raiders killed me in the Thursday nighter. That was good. The fun little Thursday night parlay I had. So I'm a Leafs fan, and they're rolling right now. So it's kind of fun to be watching them. I had Toronto money line bunting over a point, and then I had the team total over three and a half, which cashed on the Marner slap shot to extend his point streak to 21 yep. games. What a great night to be a Leafs fan. Plus 200 on that parlay. So uh, that ended the night well. Nice. Yeah, Leafs and Marner parlays, whether it's goal or point props or something of that variety. I mean, how good have they been uh, lately, obviously, if you've been taking those? And yeah, congrats to Mitch Marner, obviously. 21 games now, collecting a point. Absolutely outstanding. I feel bad for anyone on the Raiders. I actually had an SGP, uh, same game parlay on the Raiders. Uh, I wasn't going to win anyway, because I had over 41 and a half. That was not even going to get come close to getting there, but Raiders money line. And I thought that part of it was going to get there. I'm actually happy they lost because then the whole thing fell apart. So I didn't have to worry about one of the two legs of the parlay cashing and the other one not cashing, but yeah, nobody snatches defeat from the jaws of victory better than the Las Vegas Raiders and that useless team and that useless head coach who should be, should have been fired three weeks ago, uh, if you ask me. As I said on a football show I did, they should have left him at the North Florida Jacksonville Airport after that debacle uh, in the second <laughs> half that day against the Jaguars. And maybe, yet he's still around here blowing games. That's the fourth game this year with a 13-point lead they've lost. Yeah, Maybe they can yeah. trade him back to the Patriots. Maybe they yeah. want yeah. something from him. <laughs> no, exactly. I think we're finding out those Belichick understudies are overrated as NFL yes. head coaches. None of them have yeah. done any well. Uh, yeah, his coaching tree has wilted a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's a dead tree, you know, poisonous tree uh, right now. Uh, You don't want any part of it. Uh, All right. Hopefully you want a part of making some money here on a Friday uh, in the NHL. We've got a huge slate. It's a weird week where they flip the the, the usual routine where Tuesdays and Thursdays are usually your big hockey uh, slates, your big hockey cards. This week, Tuesday and Thursday were smaller slates. And here you have a Friday slate that is abnormal. 
abnormally big and abnormally large. We've got 10 games tonight uh, in the uh, NHL. Uh, we'll get started now with the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Buffalo Sabres. Pittsburgh minus 145 road favorite, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, I'm right back to the overwhelm with the Sabres. I mean, that's uh, the, the bet I like here in this game over six and a half, uh, eight and one to the over now in their last nine games. And I know Tage Thompson and you know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Congrats to him for just an outstanding performance. Five goals, a hat trick in the first period against Columbus. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that for a home team to just get absolutely beaten to shit in the first period, the way the Columbus Blue Jackets were the other night by the Buffalo Sabres. But they jumped on them early. They end up winning 9-4. Unbelievable. Tage Thompson there, five goals in that game. It's a freaky, scary, good combination of Power, size, skill, speed, hands, finishing ability, release. Tage Thompson's got it all going right now, and it's scary for the opposition. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it's not just him. It's not a one-man band right now for Buffalo. Uh, Paterka's been good. Jack Quinn's been good. Of course, Skinner, uh, Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck on the top line, strong as usual. And Dylan Cousins is on fire right now for the Sabres as well. So they're getting other people stepping up as well offensively for the Sabres right now. It won't be easy now against Pittsburgh, who are starting to play better uh, in all facets. I mean, their offensive game has come to life. They're starting to play a little better in their own end. And Tristan Jari is playing some of his best hockey of the season after some struggles uh, early in the year. So it's definitely not going to be an easy team to beat. Tristan Jari, Craig Anderson, by the way, are going to be your goalies here. Latang and Ryan Paling are still out for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, so uh, no change in their lineup from the other night. Uh, I'm always tempted to take Buffalo anytime I see them as a home dog, but I'm going to probably just lay off that and stick with the total. I do think it gets there uh, over six and a half between the uh, Penguins and the uh, Sabres in this one. Alex, uh, what are you liking here, Pittsburgh-Buffalo? Yeah, that game was a lot of fun, and I'm sure TNT was thrilled, even though you, if for a national network, you don't want to blow out often, right? But to have an individual effort like that, Tate Thompson tying the NHL record, four goals in the first period, five overall, and Buffalo just looking absolutely dominant. And this isn't a, you know, I understand Pittsburgh being favored here because I'm sure a lot of betters and the bookmakers are thinking, well, you know, did they empty the clip uh, against Columbus? And now, you know, can they get in the offense back? We see this happen in, in hockey. We see this happen in baseball a lot where, you know, a team wins by a, a giant margin. They fall flat the next night. And in the books and, and the betters adjust to that. I don't think that's the case. This Buffalo team has been sound offensively all season long. Like I said it's not just Tage Thompson. They have many guys who are who are chipping in effortless, but they're passing. That's something that I always I always talk about that. I emphasize that, especially with power plays. They have some of the cleanest and crispest passing I've seen in quite some time. It goes back to even that uh that Tampa and Buffalo game. Their passing is lights out. When they get the puck passing and, and, and moving in, in the fashion they have had over the last week. They are unstoppable, and they're a team that that is to be reckoned with. So I would lean with Sabres money line. I think that's a a, a fair price price plus plus one twenty five. But Pittsburgh, they like said they have been playing better. They're always a pesky team. These are two teams I love betting live overs with. Now I've pretty much cashed live overs with the Penguins and the Sabres uh, at least three of the last four games with each team. I was very fortunate to grab that five and a half in time uh, Buffalo. Also, it didn't matter. I could have gone eight, nine and a half. And, you know, uh, I've been fine there. But this is definitely one of those spots. I'm waiting for that five and a half to drop. And 
Don't screw around and try to wait. I know Ian, <laughs> I'm kind of talking to you directly. Don't wait for a plus price because <laughs> we always joke about that on, on the on the live bet cast. But this is one I'll lay 130 with five and a half here because this is just you just want the number, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. And you have to adjust that when you're betting live totals uh, with a team and kind of following a streak. Don't always just, OK, I got five and a half, you know, plus one five the other game. Don't. Throw that out. You want your five and a half. That's the important thing. If you got to lay 125, lay 130, so be yeah. it. And, of course, you're watching the game to see what the pace and tempo is like. Maybe you don't bet it at all. But right now, for if you're taking a live over with the Penguins or Sabres and you're getting a five and a half, the strike points got to be anything a dollar thirty or cheaper right now. So, uh, like I said, you want to gra- grab it as soon as possible. As soon as you see a five and a half, you don't want to get one fifty or one sixty, but you do want to get into that reasonable margin and grab that. Don't wait for a plus price here. So that, that's my a plan of attack for this game tonight. Yeah, exactly. It's just basically look for the wait for the five and a half, and hopefully we get a little bit longer period of time without that first goal compared to Buffalo and Columbus, where that first goal came uh, basically just a couple of minutes into that hockey game and already uh, missing your opportunity to get that uh, live over in play. But yeah, I mean, I think that goal with that nine four game, I'm just looking at it. Yeah, the first goal was three twenty one. Uh, of the uh, first period cousins uh got that first goal so they got to be I think careful. it was like 119 I think it was like it was the first whistle like yeah. the first icing whistle is where I was able to grab that so there you go. So again, be, just make sure if you're going to bet that live, if you don't like the six and a half, see, I'm willing to take the over six and a half, but if you want to wait to get a better number and wait for that five and a half to show up, make sure you're right in front of your sports book account. It's open while you're watching the game. You, This is one of those games you don't want to be late to the party. You maybe want to bet it the first opportunity. As soon as you see that five and a half, as Alex said, uh, don't wait around uh, just if it's three, four minutes into the first period and jump on that over five and a half for sure. And Chris Otto in our chat mentioning, yeah, 11 straight overs in the second period yeah. for the uh, Buffalo Sabres uh, in their game. So maybe something else you keep in mind, especially if the first period's a little slower, could make that second period over uh, even more appealing. Uh, Stark, what are you thinking here? Penguin Sabres. Yeah, and I mentioned this to you before uh, before we kind of jumped on here, but I like to make my picks before I listen to you guys talk. And anytime uh, Ian agrees agrees with what I got, big fist pump. So uh, I'm starting off not thinking, just take the over in this game, six and a half. I think I saw it at minus uh, 140. It shows you that even Vegas knows this will be a high-scoring game. It might even move to seven before puck drop. Their last game against each other had nine goals. Plus, we know about the Sabres beat down Blue Jackets that we talked about in the last game. So give me the over. There's going to be a lot of goals in this one. Over six and a half at minus 140. Like, that's a lot of juice at, at six and a half. But uh, I think this is going to be a high scoring uh, game. Now, the actual result of the game, I'm confused in this one. Is Buffalo now a team figuring it out? And are they about to go on a bit of a run here as their young group comes together and starts playing well together? Three wins in their last four. But those wins were over the Red Wings, the Sharks, and the Blue Jackets. Meanwhile, the Penguins have won three in a row, including an 8-1-1 record in their last 10 to move into third in the Metro. I see value in the Penguins in regulation at plus 115. Let's hope for like a 6-4 game. Penguins win in reg. We hit the over and we get the regulation in the Penguins. That's where I'm leaning. Now, I do have a prop for this game. My prop is the Sid the Kid revenge prop. In their loss to Buffalo early in November, Crosby was minus four. 
And we all know that Sid remembers everything and every game. I like a big night for him at over one and a half points at plus 164. You can put that one on my card as well for Crosby. That's that's not a bad look, especially he's one of those guys that's like it'd be a nutcase when it comes to that stuff, because he's always so meticulous, well prepared. And even though he's quiet, he looks quiet, apparently in the dressing room. And he's He's got something to say. People pay attention. You know, yeah. and and they pay, and they say from a leadership standpoint, he doesn't let shitty play or sloppy play slide without saying something about it, and that would bother him. You're right, just knowing the kind of you know person he is, a perfectionist type player, that would bother him that he'd be a minus four, and he'd know about it too. It's not oh, yeah. one of those situations where you know a player just does ignores the way they played against a certain opponent last time. He would know about it. That guy. Yeah, he probably remembers going minus four in a spring game in his local arena out in uh, Nova Scotia. So I'm sure he remembers losing to Buffalo. Yeah, and that's the thing. He, that's a that's a mark of a true leader and and the mark of a of a, of a real star. You know, same thing. John Taves did the same thing. He basically called himself out to his coach after going minus three and said he wanted his game film used. Uh, you know, as an example to the rest of the guys when they were watching video the next day, Sidney Crosby's cut from the same cloth like that. So that's definitely something uh, to look for. And great move as well, going over one and a half points. We talk about that all the time with superstars. You're not going to get values betting them to score a goal. You're definitely not going to get value with them just getting an assist. But if you go one and a half points, they have a big night. That's where you get the value with those those brand names. Yeah, yeah, no question. From a Buffalo, I like that prop. There's a Pittsburgh props. I mean, uh, for sure, I've talked about a couple of players that I still say Kapanen because he's all of a sudden someone that couldn't find the the the, the couldn't put the puck in the ocean uh, all season long, and then all of a sudden now he's gotten on a little bit of a roll. You've got him a little undervalued in the market. Jason Zucker's been good for the uh, Penguins, and for Buffalo, you could go goal props or point props in so many different directions. Skinner's on a point streak that's ridiculous. Thompson, the same thing. Tuck's on a point streak. Cousins is on an insane point streak right now for the Sabres. Quinn and Paterka have points, I believe, in five of their last six games, something like that. I mean, you could really do a nice little SGP points parlay prop tonight. You really could put some Penguins in there, put a lot of these Sabres players in there at home that are on these point streaks. Paterka, Quinn, Cousins, Thompson, Tuck, Skinner. I mean, they're all in unbelievable form. You look at their recent numbers if you use Rotowire like I do. I mean, you definitely see just points upon points from all of these guys the last several games. Good point, though, that Stark made about the the strength of schedule. There is a little sisters of the poor element with the uh, Buffalo Sabres in terms of who they've beaten lately. I will agree with that, right? Columbus, San Jose, Detroit, they beat St. Louis when the Blues sucked. They were in that brutal losing streak. And then, of course, Montreal, who've been you know, kind of up and down. So you're right. This will be a challenge for the Sabres. Let's see uh, if they are able to meet that challenge tonight. All right, Seattle and Washington. We've got the uh, Capitals, minus 145, home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Um, it looks like uh, Seattle uh, back down to earth, potentially, uh, a little bit. This is a team that's been, honestly, they played like one of the better teams in the Western Conference for the par- better part of the last month, but cooled off a little bit. Uh, in their last uh, couple of games, uh, losing the last two games of their homestand at Climate Pledge Arena against Florida and Montreal. Uh, They will look to bounce back here as they begin a road trip. But, you know, these are usually pretty good spots, backing a team first game on the road trip. And this Seattle team, I mean, we've talked about this on the show, Road Warriors this year, 8-2 and uh, on the road. Uh, the Seattle Kraken this year. They've been terrific away from home. They just played Washington actually eight days ago in Seattle, and Washington had a 2 nothing lead 
in that game. Seattle roars back and wins in overtime uh, by a score of three to two. The Capitals are still, you know, very much a banged up hockey team coming into this game. Orloff, they haven't been the same in their own end with him out. Uh, the, one of their better defensive defensemen, uh, Fahervari, uh, a good improving young defenseman, is out as well on IR. Connor Brown's been out forever. Backstrom hasn't played yet this year. Neither has Haglin. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson's closing in on a return, but I don't know if that's going to be tonight. He was back at practice, but he's still in the non-contact jersey. So he's still going to be a little bit away from returning. Uh, Washington, a very much a banged-up team. Now, they did. Uh, take care of business against uh, Edmonton uh, in their last game. It was an impressive effort. They controlled the game. They dominated it with the 3-2 win, and then they followed it up, beating Philadelphia 4-1 uh, on a Wednesday night. We'll see if they can uh, keep it going here tonight, but I don't know about that. Seattle's on, on the road here playing great hockey, getting a good price, and in this game, Philip Grubauer is going to be a net for the uh, Seattle Kraken, and I don't want to make too much of it, but you're talking about a guy that did start his career with the Washington Capitals, and maybe a little point to prove here facing his old team. Now, he's faced them before when he was with Colorado, obviously, as well. But I always think you get fired up to play against one of your former teams. I think you'll see that from Grubauer. And I was waiting on the goalie confirmation because if it was Martin Jones, there's no way I'd be on Seattle here because Martin Jones is back to beach ball uh, Martin Jones right now, Can't as in can't stop one. Uh, of late uh, he has given up four goals or more repeatedly in recent starts remember that nice little run he had well that's a thing of the past he's been struggling the last few games the Montreal game he wasn't very good I was waiting to see who'd be in net and Dave Haxtell's going with Grubauer and because of that I'm going to take Seattle here uh, at the underdog price here plus 125 plus 130 eight and two on the road ride that great road mark here uh, against this Washington team that I'm still more than comfortable fading when they're favored in this kind of price range. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Seattle, Washington? Yeah, I think it's a, a bit of a, of a kind of, I say rapid overreaction because we've seen Washington win two in a row with Seattle lose two in a row. This is not a Washington team that deserves to be laying a $1.45, $1.50 at home against anybody, in my opinion, uh, even with those wins. Seattle's a great team on the road. Like I said, uh, you know, eight and two last 10. And Grubauer, not so much a revenge spot, like you said. He's you know played against Washington before, but he plays well against them. Three one and one with a two point six two goals against and a nine nineteen save percentage. Uh, like he said he's certainly the better option right now because Martin Jones is regressing to his normal self. And uh, I would definitely take a shot here. Like I said, plus one ten. I was a little iffy. Plus one twenty five. I'll definitely take a shot with Seattle. And also this first period over. Uh, one and a half, laying at a dollar forty. It's a little steep, and there's a couple of pieces I like to tie this in with. I don't parlay often, but there's a first period parlay I'll talk about uh, later in the show, and this is one of them. Uh, Seattle eight and two to the first period over the last ten, also eight and two and getting a goal in the first ten minutes. So that kind of offsets Washington being a bit slow and uh, decrepit, especially early in games. I think Seattle could easily jump out to a two nothing lead, cash that, and make us look good with that plus one twenty five on the money line. All right, very good. So some first period looks here for Alex B. Smith with Seattle and Washington. All right, uh, Stark, how about you? Kraken Capitals. Yeah, clearly no one believes Seattle's as good as they are with these types of odds. Yeah. Uh, they have five more points in three less games than Washington, but are underdogs in this game. I, I don't understand it. I know I originally saw it at plus 110. I think it's plus 125 now. It looks like we'll see a lot more of Charlie Lindgren between the pipes for the Caps yep. as he won their last two games on the road for them. 
but I see a massive letdown from Washington in this game. They're coming off a six game road trip that started in New Jersey. Then it went out West. Then it came back to Philadelphia. Only one day rest. No, thanks. Uh, First game back after a long road trip is always a dud. So give me the Kraken plus 110 plus 125. I'm on, on them. This is more of a, of an anti caps pick than it is a pro Seattle pick, but Seattle's look really good. So you got to start believing them in a little bit as well. If the total stays at six, give me the over uh, minus 115. Grubauer let up five against Florida six days ago. And as you mentioned, looks like it's pretty sure he's going to get the start here. So give me the Kraken and the over six. All right, cracking and over here for uh, Stark with this one. I'll tell you this about the Seattle, uh, about Grubauer. He's been up and down. He's been a little bit better uh, lately. And they're trying to really pace the starts because, you know, coming off injury, trying to keep him healthy, preserve, you know, his longevity, if you will, uh, in terms of health. So uh, they're, they're really pacing him out. So he should be fresh and rested and ready to go here, Grubauer. And he did play well against Washington. He had only given up two goals before that worse outing against Florida the last time we saw him. So we'll see. Uh, I think you're going to get a, the good Philip Grubauer tonight, or at least the potential to. And as far as the uh, prop market goes uh, in this game, you know, from a Seattle perspective, you've got Bjorkstrand, Wenberg, Burakovsky, uh, you know, Burakovsky against his former team. I'm interested, you know, uh, obviously he started his career with Washington as well. Uh, Wenberg on that top line center spot is undervalued and we've seen him hit finally back of the net. Veneers has been just terrific. Uh, don't sleep on Daniel Sprong either. Another former capital also now playing with the Seattle Kraken. He might find the back of the net and his offense has been percolating a little bit lately for Seattle. And you can get, you know, plus 400 or better with him to score a goal tonight uh, in this game. So some good prop options here, uh, in my opinion, with the uh, Kraken. All right. It's the Johnny Gaudreau Bowl. Uh, he plays his former team for the first time tonight, not making the return to Calgary, this one in Columbus, but still his first time playing his old mates uh, as Calgary faces Columbus. Calgary minus 260, uh, road favorites, 60 a total uh, in this one. What I'm going to do here is a puck line team total split on the Flames. That's the way I'm going to go about it here. Calgary minus one and a half, even money. And also Calgary team total over three and a half, which is around minus 140 uh, in this game. I'd rather split it up because I could see this being 3-1 Calgary where they, they the puck line hits, but they fall short of the team total. I could see this being, you know, 4-1 Calgary or 4-2 where both of them hit, you know. Or I could actually see this being 4-3 where the team total hits for Calgary, but the puck line falls short because with Fladar and with Markstrom, in net right now for the Flames. They've been inconsistent, you know, both of them. They've been up and down. So it could go a bunch of different ways, but I think I like what I'm seeing out of the Flames the last few games. The offense is starting to pick up. Lindholm's starting to go. Kadri is starting to hit the back of the net again. And look, they counted on Dubé and Mangiapane, two key players that last year showed offensive prowess for them that needed to show it even more this year with the losses of Goudreau and Kachuk from last year's team. And it struggled early in the year, but they are finally starting to get it going offensively as well. And I think Calgary now is in much better place in terms of finding the back of the net. You're also starting to see uh, the defensive play look uh, solid. Vladar's been pretty good, more good than bad lately. I think he's uh, done a solid job here. Now, we don't know who's going to be in net here. Daryl Sutter hasn't con- con- you know, con- uh, c- committed to anybody yet uh, in this game. Markstrom 
is, is projected but not confirmed. He's been going with Vladar because ever since Markstrom had those very vociferous public comments that, oh, I suck right now, uh, I suck at hockey is basically what he said. Um, you know, he's way wanted to give him basically a break, you know, a mental break, hit the reset button, get your game back, work on it in practice, that kind of thing. And we'll put you back in the net when we're, when we, we think you're ready is tonight going to be that night that they think Jacob Markstrom's ready. So stay tuned on that. But either way, I'm going to go with a split bet here. Calgary puck line, Calgary team total uh, over three and a half in this one. And it's worth noting too, they have drubbed Columbus you know, the last two times uh, they have played them. Uh, Calgary has scored six goals uh, in each of the last two head-to-head meetings versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they won those games six to nothing in Columbus and then a six to two win at home against Columbus back in last season in February. So domination by the Flames. Both games, obviously, Calgary team total over and the puck line hit, and that's basically what I'm going with here. Flames puck line, Flames team total over. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Calgary, Columbus. Yeah, looking at goalie posts, it looks like it is confirmed. Markstrom was in the starters net for morning skate. Jonas Corpusalo uh, in for Columbus. Yep. So that, that's what we're seeing now. And, you know, if Columbus, maybe if they took a skater off and put Corpusalo uh, and Merzlikens in, that maybe they can get some, some goaltending because that's probably something they should have tried to do at one point against Buffalo the other night. I mean, it was just absolutely horrific how, uh, how bad both goaltenders looked. I mean, it was not just defensive breakdowns. The defense was actually pretty solid. It was strictly goaltending that let down Columbus uh, in that game against Buffalo. And Tage Thompson, of course, was was electric. But they got to figure out something between these two guys. And it's getting bad uh, really fast. Like you said, Calgary's got that kind of offense where they're starting to get rocking and rolling. They could probably name their score against Columbus. So I like this first period puck line. Uh, plus a dollar twenty, laying the half a goal. That's the only thing I'm going to look at there. I don't want to lay a dollar forty with this team total. There's other spots that I like. It's so weird having this big of a card on a Friday, and I actually like a lot of stuff on it. So uh, I'm just going to stick with that. I think Calgary takes care of business uh, early and often as far as the goals are concerned. And and Markson, I think this is a good. I think give him a start against a bad team. We talk about this often. A lot of teams would like to go to their backups, but when you have a starter that's struggling like Markstrom, who's, like I said, publicly saying, like, I suck at hockey. Well, here's the time to, you know, get yourself together against the team that sucks at hockey. Uh, and, and that's the case here. So I think Calgary takes care of business in the first period. I'm going to lay the half a goal at a plus twenty. Yeah, I think you're going to get a motivated Jacob Markstrom, and it does appear that he will be the starting goalie tonight for the Calgary Flames. But can he, you know, be turn that motivation into a good performance? And that's what's been lacking consistently from him is that good performance. It's also why, though, I could see him just, you know, being terrific because we know Jacob Markstrom's capable of just standing on his head when he's on top of his game being great. This could be one of those nights uh, right now uh, against Columbus. And that's why I think if you're looking for goals, I look for more of them coming from the Calgary side. Although it does, I'll say this about Calgary, this no shirt, nothing is a sure thing, but they are only three and seven on the road. That road record of theirs does bother me. They have not been great on the road, but I think if there's one night, maybe you can trust them. It's facing Johnny Gaudreau who took off uh, in free agency uh, and uh, basically uh, Calgary, I think, wanting to prove a point. And they've owned Columbus, uh, particularly here in this building. Stark, how about you, Flames Jackets? Yeah, weird one. I know the Flames, you know, winning four of their last five. They look to be figuring it out after their early struggles, despite the goaltending issues. Columbus, on the other hand, they've lost four of their last five, including the big beatdown uh, against Buffalo two nights ago, where Tage the Rage Thompson went off. 
but two of Columbus last four games have seen them score four goals, including the game against uh, Buffalo. They were able to get four goals despite giving up nine. So something's clicking offensively for them. And with the flame struggles in net, I'm going to go a little bit different than you guys. I'm going to go with the Columbus team total over two and a half. I saw it at minus 120. Decent value. Yeah, they might lose. They might get blown out. But can they get three goals against a struggling Markstrom? I think so. I think that's the place to go. Anything over minus 200 for me as a favorite, I'm staying away from it. Something seems off. There's no value in it for me. If you're thinking the Jackets are going to have a bounce back, out of embarrassment from the Sabres game, go ahead. You can sprinkle on the money line at 215, but I'm going to stick with that team total for Columbus over two and a half. That's not a bad look. I mean, look, they got dominated early in that game against Buffalo. They still came back and and, and fought back, and they got four goals. I mean, they, they actually looked kind of sharp early in the third period. You don't see that too often from teams that are getting crushed by five or six goals heading into that. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're definitely a team. Brad Larson's not going to let that team quit. You know, that's the thing. And somebody said in the chat, you know, are they going to be motivated? Yes, motivation's there. But are they capable of playing up to that level with all these injuries? I don't think so. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to give it their all. But, you know, they could lose again 7-4. So, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and a quick prop to kind of back up that uh, team total at 2.5. When your team needs to be, you know, needs a wake-up call and you're going to need a big game, who's the first one that shows up? the captain. So look for Boone Jenner over two and a half shots at minus 135 to show yeah. up, set the tone for the jackets. He's going to play a ton. He's going to be the one that's been in the, in the locker room with the guys for the last couple of days saying, guys, that's embarrassing. It was all over ESPN, all over TSN. Tage Thompson goes off against us, the blue jackets. We need to, we need to bounce back here. It's a great time for him to show that he means business as the captain of this team over two and a half shots for him. He's not a bad points uh, SGP point parlay player point parlay prop option. That man, that's a fucking tongue twister. Holy shit! Uh, my <laughs> gosh, that's a SGP player point prop parlay option. There we go. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, uh, Boone Jenner. He uh, for the uh, Jackets, and you mentioned him, Stark. I mean, he's got two, three, four, five points in the last five games. You know, and you know, only one game during that span without a point. So there's someone you could throw into a points SGP. Uh, in this one with the uh, Flames and the uh, Blue Jackets. As far as props go, yeah, Lion A. Johnson, Kent Johnson, I still think, you know, is someone that's going to be an impactful player for the uh, Jackets. For the Flames, you know, Kadri's starting to feel it. Lindholm as well. I still think Dubé and Manji Apani are two you really want to target because they're starting to get their offensive game going. So there's some prop options I'd consider in this one as well. Islanders, Devils, uh, New Jersey minus 210. Home favorites, six the total in this one. I mean, I'm not really rushing to bet against the Devils. I don't know about you guys, but they're playing great hockey right now. Uh, every time they've had the, these rare losses, they've bounced back and they've reeled off a couple more after that. Uh, that's what we've seen from the New Jersey Devils. They lose to Toronto. They just uh, roar back and they win uh, three more after that. They lose to the Nashville Predators in overtime where Nashville ties it with, what, 20 seconds left, and then they win in overtime, and New Jersey roars right back. No hangover, no letdown. They beat Philly and Chicago uh, in back-to-back -back games. Yeah, I'm just not interested in betting against New Jersey right now. But at the same time, I think you're going to get one hell of a game from the Islanders, one hell of an effort from the Islanders uh, after a rare game where they just fell apart defensively and got to be one of the worst games Ilya Sorokin has played in net this year for the Islanders as well. Seven to four beat down at the hands of the St. Louis Blues 
of all teams. I mean, just as bad a game as they've played uh, in a very long time. So I'd expect the Islanders to respond here tonight with a much better performance. And I think they're going to give the Devils a game uh, here in this one. Uh, we don't have goalies confirmed, but we expect it to be Sorokin and Vanacek, uh, the two goalies for this game. I'm probably passing this game, and uh, you know I don't pass on many games. I'm a high-volume better, but this is one I'm probably going to pass on. I'd actually maybe look at an Islander first period or an Islander money line before I take the Devils, but I'm also, like I said, I'm pumping the brakes on fading New Jersey. That being said, I expect the Islanders to be a lot sharper, a lot better tonight after one of their worst performances of the season against uh, St. Louis in their last game. Alex, so what do you think here, Islanders-Devils? So y'all know if Ian's passing on a game, I'm definitely passing on that game as well because <laughs> I tend to pass on a lot more stuff, but I just don't like betting on the Islanders. I don't know if that if anybody else is in that same boat, but it's just it's not even that I have a bad read on them. I've won, you know, some bets with them. I've actually done well with their totals because they've been a little bit more high scoring. I just do I just don't like betting on this team. I have to find reasons to make a bet. Uh, I need a strong conviction to bet on a game involving the New York Islanders right now. And like I said, there's no way I'm going against the Devils, even minus two ten. Uh, you know, maybe the Islanders gonna go early and try to find something live. That's probably the best way to attack it. But other than that. There's this better stuff on, on a, a larger Friday card, so it's a pass for me. All right, good stuff. Jimmy Murphy is here. We'll get to him in just a second. Uh, Stark, uh, how about you, Islanders-Devils? Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to be on the show, i got to pick every game. I'm not going to pass <laughs> like you two. Fair so, enough. <laughs> uh, the Islanders did not have a good homestand, losing two of three, then having two days off before a short trip to New Jersey against a team that they now have to consider as a rival for the playoffs. A potential first-round matchup between these two, I think it would be great. Look, I know the Devils, they've had a great year. They're still 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. But I have Sorokin as one of my three Vesna finalists right now playing great hockey. And we talked about value picks. The Islanders at plus 180 in what should be a close divisional game. I'll take my chances and ride with the Islanders on the money line here at plus money. I like that one. On the total side, as I mentioned, this is going to be a battle of two well-rested teams. I think they both had a couple days off. Teams that are going to be very familiar with each other. Teams that are looking ahead to playing each other. I'll take the under six at minus 115. If it moves to six and a half, hammer it even more. Uh, but I'll take the under in a close, tight checking game between these two teams. I think the biggest uh, misconception of New Jersey is that they're just this run and gun wheel and deal hockey team. That couldn't be further from the truth this season. This is a def this is a good offensive team, but it's a very good defensive team as well. They're still top 10 in danger chances to, you know, goals against, expected goals against, all of those numbers. And they've gotten good goaltending. They've improved significantly defensively the New Jersey Devils this year and they played a 4-1 game earlier this season against the Islanders. So they can play low scoring hockey and they've shown that New Jersey as well. You know, they've gone under the total for their last six games, three, two, uh, three, nothing against Philly and Chicago, you know, good defensive play. Now, again, those teams struggle to score goals sometimes, but still, I mean, it shows the way the devils are playing defensively right now. Uh, they can play well, both ends of the ice and they have pretty much all season. All right. Jimmy Murphy, our Friday guest is with us now. Jimmy, what's up? How you doing guys? How are you? Um, you know, we'll do rapid fire with uh, Jimmy Puckline. Jimmy Puckline rapid fire should be a new segment on Fridays when he joins <laughs> us midway through the show to get him caught up on the games we've talked about already. All right, rapid fire, Jimmy. Pittsburgh-Buffalo, what do you like? Ooh, Pittsburgh-Buffalo. Give me the Sabres money line. Sabres home underdog there, plus 125. All right, Seattle-Washington. 
Uh, give me the Kraken money line. All right, that's consensus there. We all like them as well. Calgary, Columbus, the Johnny Gaudreau Bowl. Ooh, I know. I'm going to have to go, guys, with uh, a pass on this one, actually. This is a game I can't get a read on right now. I Like, all signs point to the Flames absolutely destroying the Blue Jackets. I mean, the Blue Jackets just look lost right now. They, they, they were giving a valiant effort for a while in most games, but I, I think they, they're starting to realize their fate. However, you never know. They might want to win one for Johnny, so uh, I'm going to just pass on this one. And keep in mind, too, with this Columbus team, you know, we, and we, we talked about this ad nauseum, so I didn't want to regurgitate it, but I will just quickly. I mean, it's Bean, Blankenberg, Boquist, Wierenski, four starting defensemen out, Danforth, Voracek out, Corrali now is out, too, center iceman, and is a good depth centerman, and Tessier hasn't played all year, so still a lot of injuries. No question for Columbus, and that has hurt them in a negative fashion. And all right, Jimmy, how about this one here? We're talking about Islanders-Devils. Yeah, I'm, guys, I hate I'm with Alex. I don't like betting any game involving uh, the Islanders, but I am going to put one uh, bet in on this game, and that's going to be the Devils team total over. All right, Devils team total uh, over the uh, three and a half here at uh, even money pretty much uh, for this one with uh, New Jersey uh, team total. All right, uh, next up as we continue along here, we've got Winnipeg and Chicago. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets minus 140 uh, road favorites, total six across the board in this game. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are just rolling along. I'm so impressed with everything from this team. Their big, their top players are playing like it. Who's not playing well in terms of their best players? Shifley's on fire. Kyle Connor can't be stopped right now. Pierre-Luc Dubois, you down with PLD? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, he's been absolutely terrific uh, for the uh, Jackets uh, of late. Yeah, he's. Th I mean, everybody's going right now for Winnipeg. Uh, wait till Cole Perfetti, Morgan Barron, and some of the youngsters pick it up as well. Uh, they could really be something up front, and they have been lately. They've been scoring five goals, it seems, nightly uh, during this great run of hockey uh, that they've played. They scored five against St. Louis, five against Florida, five against Anaheim, five in a shutout against Colorado. They're lighting it up right now offensively. And now they get to face the Chicago Blackhawks team that, as we know, that they're more than capable of giving up goals and bunches, and they have allowed to the opponent, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, I think three-plus goals. Uh, in eight or I think eight of the last nine games, something close to that. Now, the last two games, we've seen the uh, Blackhawks also fall off the map <laughs> offensively. Uh, shut out the Chicago Blackhawks were uh, in back-to-back -back games by the Islanders and the Devils. Two pretty good hockey teams, though, so I wouldn't put too much stock into that. Uh, Winnipeg will get their goals tonight. I'm pretty confident in that. Even with this being the second of a back-to-back -back, uh, here uh, on the road after winning in St. Louis last night, uh, they're going to face Arvid Soderblom here tonight for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Alex sometimes busts out the Soderbom, though, uh, com uh, comments regarding him. And, you know, I'll be honest with him. He's he's had some nice little moments here and there. There's no question. I thought the Edmonton game, it could have been like 5 nothing after the first period when he started in that game. But then the roof caved in on him the last two periods. He wasn't nearly as good. That's what he can do. He can give you one good period and two or three bad periods. That's the ratio. It's basically one good period to two or three bad periods uh, out of Arvid Soderblom in that. And, of course, they just don't have the blue line uh, either to make up for weak goaltending. Morozik, of course, is still on IR. Alex Stalock is still on IR. So they're in a spot where they just have to ride with Arvid Soderblom uh, every game. So I think Winnipeg will find the back of the net in bunches tonight, which they have done repeatedly uh, going into this game. However, 
you know who's probably going to be in net for the Jets. Uh, last I checked, it wasn't confirmed, but it's going to be David Riddick. It's going to be Big Siv, uh, Dave, as I like to call him. Uh, he is just not someone I trust. His numbers are again below average this year uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And even though now the one thing that does concern you is Chicago has just gone totally blank, firing blanks offensively, shut out in back-to-back games, the Blackhawks. But you got to figure Luke Richardson and the coaching staff is working on stuff. Five-on-five offense, power play, all this stuff going into this game to try to get it going. And maybe David Riddick and the big sieve tendencies will be what cure, the, what the, the, the cure that ails this Blackhawk offense tonight. So I like over the total. Uh, that's the bet for me, over 6 minus 120 uh, in this game. It's Jets or pass. I'm not stepping in front of the Jets, but I'm pumping the brakes on laying a buck 40 with them in a back-to-back spot on the road with Riddick and Nett. I'm just not not in love with doing that. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Jets, Blackhawks. Yeah, if you're going to lay a buck 40 on anything, it should be the first period over at one and a half. I think this is a great number. He said, David Riddick, we talked about this. He's 14-3 and three now in first period overs when he starts, going back to last year with Nashville, uh, gave up a pair in his last start. He's just been awful. You combine that with Arvid Soderblom, this could get out of hand early in the first period. I like like the over in the full game, but I love the first period over a little bit more. And the Hawks, I mean, as bad as the offense has been, of course, shut out back-to-back games. I think the offense wakes up here at home. Uh, Friday night game, this would be a, a little bit more of an energetic crowd. Uh, and like I said, against a, a, a soft goalie like Riddick, uh, I, I like them to get some goals here. So love this first period over. Also on the full game over six. Also look at uh, Andreas Athenasiu, uh, plus 270 to go to goal. He's been, Ian, as you always say, can't find him with a telescope. That's literally been the definition of him in the last five games. He did get four shots against uh, New Jersey, but before that he had been held shotless, not even goalless or pointless, shotless in three straight contests. Uh, I think he's a guy who's going to bounce back tonight, especially this is always kind of a rough and physical game. These two teams don't like each other. They're division rivals, tend to see uh, you know a bit of a parade to the penalty box. So uh, he's one of those key guys. He's been really good on the power play too. Uh, and the speed, him and Kane have, have connected really well on the top line. But definitely uh, I like their puck movement when they're together on the power play. So I'm going to see you to score a goal. That's a prop I'm looking at there. And uh, like I said, definitely love that first period over. Yeah, and it's one of those games, too, if you're the Jets. You know, I I narrow, I just missed out on the – if I had actually kept it to a Jets parlay, it probably would have hit because I had Morrissey to get a point, uh, Connor to get a point, Shifley to get a point last night against St. Louis. But I put some Blues point props in there. I got Robert Thomas, and I had Cairo in it, and Cairo's the one that fucked it up. Didn't get a point out of Cairo, but everything else. I got Robert Thomas point, Shifley, Morrissey uh, got points. Uh, Connor got obviously, uh, that was the one that blew it with the same game parlay for me in that Jets Blues game last night. But still, put these Jet players that are feeling it right now Morrissey, Connor, Shifley. You can even throw Wheeler in there right now because he's been good, resurgent under Rick Bonus this year. Uh, you can definitely do a nice little SGP point parlay involving the Jets tonight uh, in this one. Uh, what do you think here, Stark, Winnipeg, and Chicago? Yeah, it looks like it's just a quick little back-to-back for the Jets, both against Central Division rivals, and they started off right with that 5-2 win over the Blues. I mean, this team means business now. They're now tied for the division lead with the Stars, and they've really rallied around their head coach, Rick Bonus. Uh, obviously, the Paul Maurice in town last week, and that was a weird situation for some of the players. You can tell they like Rick Bonus, even though he might be hard on them. Four wins in their last five, and they're sending a message to the league. 
I like the Jets, the minus 140. I'll take it. Not great value, but uh, I'm going to bet it. I like the Jets to win this one, even with big save Dave in net. Uh, he's gone uh, win three of his last four starts, so I like that one. Maybe Jets in regulation plus 105, sprinkle it, but if it goes any higher, maybe even a full unit. Uh, if that line changes, keep an eye on that. I'm going to stay away from the total, but uh, it's mostly because I have no idea what to expect from the Blackhawks anymore. They're a true team that's just playing out the season. They're waiting for the trade deadline, see what happens, what players are moved out. No goals in their last two, as I mentioned. I can't do anything with them involved in the game, so I'll stay away from the, the, the total in this game. Now, as far as props... I like patterns, big pattern guy, Kyle Connor shots on goal, his last four games, six, then one, six, then two. So that means tonight's got to be six shots again, right? So I'll take the over three and a half minus 110 on Connor shots on net as my prop in this game. It's kind of that subconscious thing in terms of you talking about that pattern with Kyle Connor's shots where I feel the last game, oh, one, two shots. I've got to be more aggressive. I've got to look for my offense a little bit more. Uh, fire the puck a little bit more often and obviously a lot of times they do that so yeah it's not bad it's not it's good if you can find those patterns and spot them capitalize on them yeah definitely uh, it makes some sense to uh, look and, at something like that in terms of a shooting pattern uh, involving a certain player uh all right jimmy uh, what do you think here with this one winnipeg and chicago well you know thanks to alex for pointing that out uh, a couple weeks back on on riddick there in the first period so definitely going with that first period over, and I'll go with the game total over as well. All right, good stuff. Now, Jimmy is only with us once a week, so when we wrap up the games and before we get to best bets, we'll do a little NHL news and notes with Jimmy. If there's any uh, thing that Jimmy wants to mention in terms of news and items and stuff that's been going on the last week, uh, we'll get some comments and thoughts from him uh, later on in the show. Melissa Cunningham giving our guest Stark a lot of praise as well. Loving this guest and his Sid prop, she says in the uh, chat. So uh, there we go. Uh, good stuff. All right, next up, we've got the uh, New York Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, start of the season is maybe a Stanley Cup final preview, maybe. Uh, and neither team has been uh, overly impressive, you know, to, in the early part of the season, although it's been mostly injury related lately for the Colorado Avalanche as to why. Uh, call, uh, New York Rangers minus 150 here, road favorites in Denver, five and a half the total in this game. Look, we saw a distinct focus for Colorado where we're really going to try to tighten things up a little bit. That's what I saw from this team the other night against Boston, knowing the injury situation, knowing who's out of the lineup. And obviously the injuries are insanely high for this team. Lackanen, McKinnon, Rodriguez, uh, Landeskog has been out all season. Of course, Nich Big Val nachushkin has been out for a long time. I mean, they are just gutted in terms of their forward group. And now the defense injuries, where they do have more depth, they have great depth on the blue line, but it's being tested right now with Bowen Byram on IR, Josh Manson, who is a critical loss. He's a very underrated player on that blue line for the Avalanche. He's on IR. And, of course, Curtis McDermott as well right now on IR for the Avalanche. So it's just a decimated team right now. And... I got a little cute the other night with taking call. I just said, Colorado, come on, plus 160 underdogs against Boston at home. I know they're riddled with injuries, but they just lost to Boston 5-1 to one over the weekend. Certainly, they're going to want to look to avenge that. And while they're injury riddled, you're getting this kind of price at home. And I thought they could battle and compete and maybe even steal one against the Bruins. And it couldn't have been further from the truth. 
I mean, they had a real hard time competing in that game. Couldn't generate a whole lot offensively, uh, and they ended up uh, getting a shutout uh, in that game by the uh, Bruins 4-0. It's now 1-4 in their last five games. Three straight losses as the injuries have mounted, with the biggest one being McKinnon, of course, who won't be back for a month. So I'm off Colorado, all right? I'm not back in Colorado anymore now after that for now. But do I want to lay a buck 50 now with the Rangers? Do I trust the Rangers that much off one of their biggest wins of the season against Vegas, 5-1? to one. They, they do look like they're coming out of their funk and their malaise. They've won two in a row after that losing streak. I'd take the Rangers before I take the Avs in this game, but I'm not going to lay a buck 50. I agree with the total going down. I think the Avalanche want to play tight and, and really keep this low scoring because they know so much of their offense is out. And at the same time, I think the Rangers are trying to commit to better defensive hockey. And Shesterkin, at least in the Vegas game, he looked a lot more like the Igor Shesterkin of old. So that could lead this one to be in an under, uh, in my opinion. Georgiev confirmed, by the way, for the Avalanche in net. We don't have one confirmed yet for the Rangers, but we suspect it'll be Shesterkin here. Alex, uh, what do you like here, Rangers? Uh, yeah, you know, we might have a, a battle of uh, former teammates here, like I said, if Shesterkin goes and against uh Yev. and if that is the case i'm looking for a goal early in this game and then i'm gonna go live under uh so you know that's something that a little trickier obviously you would definitely land juice with that but you gotta kind of uh you know grab that pretty much right after a goal score try to get uh a cheaper option laying the price so that's the way i'm gonna look at it. i can see this being a tight game we saw this be t- kind of tight when they played uh, at Madison Square Garden earlier in the year. Like I said, I just think that uh, Yorgiev, especially the form that he's been in right now, to once again go against his former team, he definitely wants to really step up and show out there. So uh, I think this is going to be a fun battle. Don't want any, anything to do with the side here. I'm just going to look for that live under, try to get it at six and a half, or maybe even uh, see if it pops up to a seven and a half. All right, there we go. Uh, so I like maybe a live a bet here in this one. All right, Stark, how about you? New York and Colorado. This game's a perfect example of why is a handicapper. You can't look at full season stats. These teams are completely different than what they were on November 1st. One's going up, one's kind of going down. Rangers have won uh, their last two games, including a blowout 5-1 win over a good Vegas team, as you mentioned. Shesterkin is playing better and could be turning a corner. The Avs are just getting smoked by that injury bug. It's their turn, and, and guess what? They don't care that they're having these troubles right now. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. They'll know the, they know they'll be healthy at that point and they'll be favorites to win it all. So I don't know if this has ever been done on your guys' show before, but I'm about to give a future. Now's the time to pick the abs to win the cup. Plus 650. It's a little bit better than what it was at the start of the year as possible favorites. You know, all these guys are going to come in. McKinnon's going to be well rested after kind of having a month off. It's one of those situations where it's okay, rest up. We know you're hurt, but take your time till you're 100%. They're going to be raring to go come the playoffs. They're going to be in there. So that's what I looked at after all these injuries happened to Colorado. I saw the value there. Now I'm staying away from a winner in this game. Yeah, the odds just seem not right to me. Uh, But what I like is the over five and a half, a little bit different than you guys. Uh, In Shesterkin's last five starts, he's seeing an average of 32.2 shots, which is a lot of rubber. And anytime I see the total at five and a half nowadays, you got to take it. You just got to take it. 
I mean, six goals, it happens all the time in the NHL. We never get five and a halfs anymore. It was the common number two, three years ago, kind of right around that bubble time is when it changed. Now it's always six and a half. So if I see five and a half, my eyes light up, I'll take it. Uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And I've said this on this show, Alex, you know that, that five and a half, I feel like I need to be betting this over automatically, auto bet deal whenever I see a five and a half. And I certainly wouldn't talk anyone out of that here. But man, I'll say this, uh, Bednar even said it, like we've just got to really uh, keep things close to the best yeah. with the, our style of play right now with all these. And, and it worked to a T, like we got a four nothing game out of them. Uh, the other night against Boston. So I think they really want to play under style, low scoring hockey, but I'll say this, if this game goes over the total, I'm not listening to coaches. I'm not listening to anybody. anymore. <laughs> game plan and strategy and what style we want to play any of this nonsense, because if this game goes over when I've no Bednar wants this team to really tighten it up with all the injuries, which we saw against Boston the other night, and this game still goes over the total five and a half, then I'm just going to auto bet every five and a half. Over. Yeah. I think after this, if, if this happens to go over the total tonight, because yeah. in theory, that's not what the avalanche want tonight. And that's the thing. I think that's the, it's either a red flag or green flag, depending on how you look at it. When a coach says that he wants to keep things close to the best, obviously you're, you're expecting a, a defensive effort, but because of the injuries suffered with Colorado, the reason why I feel under would be the way to look is because their offense is already, the offensive depth is what's, tested the greatest here so you know for them to play right we need to be tighter on defense and we don't have the horses offensively that we normally do then i mean where you know where six goals going to come from unless the rangers get a, a blowout and their offense hasn't really been geared to scoring four or five goals themselves night in and night out so uh yeah i said five and a half as a number yes all over all the ways makes sense 90 percent of the time this is that rare 10 percent exception here where i think Maybe. And like I said, I'm, I'm looking to get a better number. I'm not betting under five and a half. Absolutely no. not. I'm going to wait and get a better number. If you, yeah. if you had to play this number, you go over, but the, the beauty of live betting, I can wait for something a little larger, which I think will pop up and, and I'm going under in that route. So you can try to middle it if, if you really want to want to be brave, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I still feel like I might sprinkle on New Hook and Houdon again because they're on the top line with Ranton and, and they're still getting ridiculously underpriced. But can they do something about it? They couldn't score the other night against uh, Boston, but they are getting the opportunity and they're not priced like top liners. Charles Houdon and uh, Alex New Hook for Colorado. And with all due respect to them, they're not top line players, but that's what the hand that's dealt right now to Colorado. And I mean, look at their bottom six, guys. I mean, just look at it. Dryden Hunt, Ben Myers, J uh, Callahan Auto Parts. Callahan Burke, Jacob McDonald, uh, you know, those, I mean, Jean-Luc Foody. I mean, they've got a lot of AHL minor league players littering that bottom six right now uh, because of all the injuries, which speaks to, you know, the struggles for the Avs right now. And Jimmy Murphy, who's with us again now inside, uh, he was obviously on top of Colorado the other night you know, following them when they played Boston. Uh, and Jimmy, you can tell it's not the same team right now. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough to watch, right? I mean, this is Stanley Cup champions and to see them go through what they're going through now. But like we talked the other night, right? I mean, this is the way it goes uh, for a lot of teams right now, especially, you know, with the way the last few years have gone uh, with COVID and the scheduling and all that. So everything's sort of been out of whack. And I think their bodies are out of whack as well when you go deep into the playoffs. That's why it's amazing what the Lightning did uh, with their little run. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I can't, I would love to go under on this, um, but I can't. So I'm going to back off on this and pass for now. It might be something like Alex said, jump in live. Um, but yeah, you would think that they're going to tighten up a bit. 
I mean, they really weren't loosey-goosey the other night. I, they just depleted, and, and Boston took advantage of it, and that was that. So uh, it's a tough game to look at right now. With the, You know, the Avalanche, I, I hate, like I just said with Columbus too, I mean, you never know, right? Like you get a wounded animal like that. Sometimes they, they want to get out of that corner and they fight hard. You never know. But uh, I would look at it if I was going to go on the side. I, I would go with the Rangers. But at that value, I'm not going to touch anything. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. All right. Minnesota, Edmonton. We've got uh, Edmonton minus 130, home favorite, six and a half the total. These teams played just a week ago. Tough spot it was for the Oilers. They were in Chicago the night before. Then they went to Minnesota. They lost 5-3 with Jack Campbell, by the way, uh, in net uh, for them that night. A part of what's been just a tough season for him uh, so far for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, as of right now, in this game, looks looks like we've got our goalies confirmed. Mark andre Fleury and Nett once again for the Wild. And Skinner, Stuart Skinner for the uh, Edmonton uh, Oilers, who's been, let's be honest, there's a reason why they keep going to Skinner every game. He's been better than Jack Campbell and Jay Woodcroft saying, hey, he's going to get the starts right now and let Jack Campbell figure things out and try to uh, get better from here. Uh, I want to take Edmonton here because they lost to Minnesota last week in Minnesota. You know, quick turnaround revenge spot for them. They're playing better hockey other than the Washington game and that Minnesota game in a tough spot. I believe they're 5-2 and two, uh, in their last seven games. The Oilers, they're playing better. They don't want to lose two in a row in, you know, in the span of a week to Minnesota. But I can't look past the series history. Minnesota's dummied the Oilers, dominated the Oilers over and over and over. What is it, seven straight? that they beat in Edmonton, including three straight here in Edmonton. I just can't go against that. So the bet for me is the over, because you know I've been riding the Minnesota games over the total. Uh, consistently, it's been one over after another for the Wild. I mean, they've got Zuccarello, Boldy. I mean, Kaprizov's just a man possessed right now uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Can't be stopped. Their offense is rolling. Their power play is starting to get going uh, as well. They should be able to score some goals here. Edmonton should as well. Uh, Edmonton, uh, the last few games, we've seen their offense come to life. They scored four against the Rangers, four against Florida, five against Chicago, three against Minnesota, five against Montreal, eight the other night against uh, Arizona. Uh, you know, Minnesota's flying over the total. Edmonton's gone over the total five and one, uh, or six and one, rather, in their last seven games. Seven straight overs for Minnesota. Series history kind of points that way as well. Uh, four of the last six head-to-head -head meetings have gone over the total. So I'm going to stick with just the total here, over six and a half, uh, minus 110, Minnesota, Edmonton. Alex, uh, Wild Oilers. Yeah, I like this over, too. This is one where I'm going to go live. I want five and a half, and I want a plus price. As Chris Otto mentioned, this could easily be a first period under. I don't want to risk that. I, I like the over. I could see where maybe we see two goals. If they do, it would be late in the period. So if we're seeing a, a, a you know fast pace and tempo early, might be able to get a live first period over as well. But I'm waiting for five and a half at a plus price because Wild Games has just been flying over the total right now. So this should be a good back and forth battle. All right, Stark, how about you? Minnesota, Edmonton. Yeah, I've been getting killed this year chasing the Oilers. I can't read this team. I truly believe Connor McDavid is the best player in the world and that any night he could get five points. But the scary part that even if he does that, the Oilers could still lose. That's how bad they can be defensively. This is the first of a back-to-back -back between these two teams. So we're seeing the number one goalies in Flurry and Skinner. Yes, I said Skinner's the number one goalie on the Oilers. And Edmonton he is right now. That's, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. He's playing like it. So and Edmonton just lost to them a week ago in Minnesota. This is a stinky one, but I said I would pick every game. I'm going to take the Oilers minus 130 
Also, give me the over six and a half as well. I agree with you guys. Oilers over the number in four of their last five, uh, while the Wild have been over in their last five. Plus, I think Flurry kind of might be done, not playing very well this year. So I'm kind of out on him. And I agree with you, Minnesota giving up a ton of goals. So the over. My prop for this game. Guy that's been playing well, the Nuge, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, five points his last three games as the second line center, over two and a half shots in four of his last five games. Give me Nugent Hopkins over two and a half shots at plus 114, plus money on that one. I'll take it. Yeah, definitely. The Nuge is rolling right now. Points, he's scoring goals. He's a good SGP uh, player parlay option tonight, in my opinion, as well in this game. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, they've been going over one and a half points with regularity lately. You could throw that in an SGP in this game as well. Some good options there. Nuge to score a goal uh, as well. Hyman maybe as well. I still think Dylan Holloway is going to get more ice time tonight. He's moved up to the third line, and I still think that guy's going to eventually find some greater consistency offensively. He's a talented kid. just needs to harness it. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Minnesota Edmonton. Yeah, guys, I'm looking at a Jimmy Puck line the first of the day here for this one. Give me Edmonton Oilers minus one and a half with some great value. There you go, Edmonton minus one and a half. So to stop the streak here, the seven-game losing streak to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Jimmy liking that to uh, end tonight. I kind of want to take Edmonton too. It's that damn you know series history that's keeping me away. But uh, it feels like they lost to Minnesota last week in Mini. It was a bad spot to second and back-to-back. Now they're rested. They get them at home. It kind of feels like it's an Oilers spot. So I still might end up sprinkling something on the Oilers here uh, a little bit. All right, Boston and Arizona. We've got uh, Boston minus 320, a road favorite, six the total in this game. This could go one of two ways for the Coyotes. Either they're excited as fuck to finally be home at Mullet Arena. They're jumping out of their skates, if you will. Just excited, enthusiastic, wanting to bounce back to from an ugly embarrassing loss to Edmonton, although I forgive them for that loss. They were dog fucking tired. They hit a wall. This long, month-long road trip, you know, it's almost like they're a band on a concert, and it lasts over, you know, that's how long it had been uh, that they had been on the road, and they hit a wall against Edmonton, and Edmonton was pissed about the Washington performance. Perfect storm, and Edmonton laid it to them. But now they're back home. They could be fired up beyond belief, excited, and you get one hell of an effort from Arizona. Or... This could be that long first home game off one of the longest road trips you'll ever see over a month, and they've got nothing left. And the, they had nothing left in the tank the other night. Maybe they're sluggish tonight as well for that first home game off that very long road trip. So this could go either way, but either way, regardless of whether it's a positive and they're flying Arizona or they're sluggish, I'm not back in Arizona against you know the best team in the NHL, one of the best teams in the NHL right now. No way, no how. It's just from a Boston standpoint, you know, we're talking minus 320 on the road. If you want to lay the puck line on Boston, if you want to lay the Jimmy puck line, I should say, uh, on Boston, it's minus 130 with minus one and a half. So it's not like it's great value here. I'm out of this game entirely. It's more of a game I would look at some player props than a side or a total here. Uh, Let's start with Jimmy uh, on this one. What do you think? First of all, how did the Bruins respond? You know, they're playing great. They had the big win against depleted Colorado. They had the return of Bruce Cassidy uh, against Vegas on Monday night. Then they played Colorado before that. God, doesn't this feel like just a massive, massive flat spot waiting to happen for the Boston Bruins? But at the same time, is Arizona good enough to capitalize, Jimmy? What do you think? 
Look, yeah, this is if there's ever a trap game, this is it. But then again, I mean, uh, they're playing the Arizona State Sun Devils here. So, uh, you know, <laughs> um, Arizona State Coyotes. Yes, that's yeah, right. Arizona yeah. State Coyotes here. Oh, man. I, now, are the Bruins going to be able to change in privacy? Are they, they have little curtains out there for them? In the uh, in the corner, I think they I think they got brand new dressing rooms and everything. Yeah, is, that, is that fixed now? Okay, I didn't. Had know. enough damn time, so they better. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, probably been in bigger dressing rooms in a local town rink, but uh, <laughs> what a what a joke there. Uh, yeah, I would think that in normal circumstances, but again, this is the joke of a franchise. It is the Arizona Coyotes. However, just to be safe, and I do think they give them a game. Um, you know, I'm going to take a little Bruins. First period, just in case they do get that trap game. Uh, I think the Bruins come out flying. I think Arizona is flat, but I think as the game goes on, it could be one of those situations where maybe the Bruins legs catch up to them and Arizona starts to gain some energy and, and maybe the Bruins take their foot off the pedal a bit. Like if the Bruins came out and went up one, nothing or two, nothing in the first period, I could see them easily letting up and, and you can't let up on any NHL team, even if it is the Arizona Coyotes. So I'm just going to go with the, uh, the first period puck line for the Bruins here. All right, that's Boston. Uh, first period puck line minus a half, a uh, plus one ten uh, is pretty much what you can get with that uh, in most books. Yeah, plus one ten with that Bruins puck line. Alex, uh, anything for you, Bruins Coyotes? I've talked about this spot at the beginning of the year. We talked about this long road trip with Arizona. I talked about it when Boston won uh, against Arizona earlier in October. This is a great spot for the first period over. And the reason why okay. I'm looking at that is because it's the mother of all flat spots potentially for Arizona. And if you even, like I said, if you chopped up that 14 game road trip, right. I mentioned the break that they had uh, going back before the last four games, but they had another one in between. And we already saw where, you know, they just didn't have their legs under them, even going home, getting a couple of days rest. It still didn't matter. So they're just in, in bad form overall. Boston, like I said, just playing lights out hockey, and they know that, okay, even though it wasn't the cleanest of 4 nothing wins uh, against Colorado, but they know, okay, we're playing in a new arena where they said, this is the best in the league. That's all we've heard so far from the, from the four opponents that have been in Mullet Arena. They say the boards are fast. All things that help out this Boston Bruins team. When they can get the puck moving on some clean ice, uh, they're a, a lethal team. And the fact that they've won 19 straight meetings against Arizona. The last win Arizona has against Boston came October 9th, 10. They played in Boston, and then the next night, both teams fly to Arizona. Boston gets the win 5-3, to three, and they haven't looked back in, in a meeting since. Now, people want to lay that puck line at one and a half. I want to caution them a little bit because five of the last seven meetings have been decided by exactly one goal. So you worry about out to a big lead. And then they take the foot off the gas, and next thing you know, a 4-1 lead becomes a 4-3 lead. So I tread lightly with that. We saw Arizona do that against uh, the Minnesota Wild a week and a half ago. I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. But I think we see more than two goals here in this first period. You're only laying a $1.35. I grabbed this last night. Uh, this is a play I really, really like. I'll probably be talking about it again a little bit later on before the end of the show. So wow. Bruins, Coyotes, first period over. One and a half minus a dollar thirty-five. There you go, Bruins Coyotes with authority from Alex B. Smith over one and a half. Really, really liking it uh, in this one here tonight with that first period over Boston and Arizona. How about you, Stark Bruins Yotes? Yeah, first home game for the Coyotes since November third. Fourteen games on the road. They lost their last six. Now, look, I know earlier I said a team coming off the road, a long road trip, usually throws up a dud in the first game back home. 
But this is different. This is a team excited to be home. It's just before the holidays. Students are finishing up exams. They're looking for something to do before they head home. Why not go to an NHL game on campus? This place will be rocking. Feel free to sprinkle at plus 280 if you want. But my lock here is puck line on the Coyotes plus one and a half to keep it close for positive money at plus 110. I like that one. Uh, so that'll be my play for, for Arizona. Then give me the over six. Boston just played a minor league team in Colorado a few nights ago, and now they'll be playing like it's points night in Arizona State to impress all the student section. Uh, so look for these guys to try to put up a lot of points there and go over six minus 110. All right, there we do go. Do they have a student section there, guys? Do you know? They yeah, got they it. do. Oh, yeah. They do. Oh, yeah, they're like, it's like discounted tickets, and cool. uh, they got them pretty much stand up Good. just like they do for the Arizona State game. So, you know, somebody yeah. had to watch them. Because I know the regular seats were pretty pricey. For it being in a small arena, from what I saw, so yeah, and they discount it for the uh, Sun Devil uh, students. There you go, and, okay. and basically that's trying to, and they're trying to give them a little bit of an extra special atmosphere in the small building, and hoping that brings something cool and unique to the sure. NHL. Just having you know a they're bunch of loud students dollar. in a small building, yeah, they're going to need to run Dollar Beer Night to really get that place rock and roll. And that's <laughs> where they're at right now. <laughs> it didn't come across on television that way. That's for damn sure. In some of the home yeah. games, and then, then when like they start. When they start losing, they can uh, run uh, ten dollar four twenty in the second period. Hey, there you go. To calm everybody down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, it's been a little underwhelming, I will say. The uh, atmosphere from what I have seen so far yeah. uh, here in uh, Arizona at the new Mullet Arena. All right, we've got two games left: San Jose, Anaheim. Uh, basically, even money now, minus one ten both sides. Six and a half the total. What happened to the sixes? I was on a show earlier today, my friend Jimmy the Bag, usual Friday tradition, and I said over six minus 120. Those sixes are gone. I'm seeing six and a half now shaded to the over at minus 120. So we've seen a big move to the old. I still like the over here uh, in this game, six and a half. Um, but obviously there's been a move. Uh, and the, oh, I see what the move is now. Yeah, they're going with the youngster, the young Finn uh, in net tonight, the uh, San Jose Sharks. Someone that, you know, cocking in his caca, as we've said, uh, on this show, he's struggling. That Vancouver game was a shit show the other night. I mean, defense optional with the uh, Sharks and the Canucks back and forth. They went uh, defense and goaltending bad on both sides. And Kockenden's not been great. I still don't know how he shut out Montreal. How the hell did Montreal allow that to happen? But uh, mm -hmm. nevertheless, uh, Kockenden's been rough. He got pulled the other night. And they put the, this young Finnish goalie in, E2 Makaniemi, uh, for the uh, San Jose Sharks. And E2 Makaniemi is going to be the goalie tonight, making his first official NHL start tonight for the uh, San Jose Sharks. So maybe that explains the uh, over money. I don't know if I like this as much because for, for my, I bet the over, I'm still liking it. I'm still going to recommend it. Still be an official play, but you know how it goes sometimes with the younger kid making his first start here. They try to play better in front of him. They try to dig in. That does concern me a bit. It concerns me too. Cause I like Anaheim in this game at around minus minus one ten. They've owned San Jose. They've done very well head to head. What is it? Seven and one. Uh, in the last eight meetings uh, against the uh, San Jose Sharks. No, eight and one, sorry, in the last nine meetings for Anaheim against San Jose. And what I like is the momentum play. You know how I always say that when a team's on a losing streak, they snap the streak, they get a win. Sometimes they can roll it into a few wins after that. And Anaheim snapped the streak with a win against a very good Carolina team. You know, I give them credit. They didn't just beat Philadelphia or some schmuck team. You know, they ended up beating uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, we're playing solid hockey right now with Pyotr Kochetkov in that that night as well. So I give Anaheim a ton of credit for that win 
uh, to snap the losing streak. They did it against a very good team. They're getting healthier. They got Maxime Comtois uh, back from injury uh, in the last game. I, I don't think uh, Jamie Drysdale is going to be out too much longer. Uh, you know, they're starting to get everybody healthier. It's still not a very good hockey team, 7-20, and 20, obviously, but they get a little positive bounce, I think, from that win against Carolina, something that I think can carry the momentum forward to tonight against San Jose. So I'm on the quackers. Quack, 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 quack. I'm on the uh, Anaheim Ducks here, minus 110. And I'm going to stick with the over as well, six and a half, even with the youngster, Makaniemi, uh, in net for the uh, Sharks. Both teams have been giving up goals in bunches. Anaheim is trending over still, three straight overs for them. San Jose is on a six and one run to the over in their last seven games. And how about head-to-head -head with these two teams? Three straight overs, those final scores, 5-2, 6-5, and 5-4. In fact, both meetings in November this season with these teams were those two very high-scoring games, 6-5 and 5-4. So I'm, st I'm sticking with the over here, Sharks and Ducks. Alex, what do you think here, San Jose, Anaheim? It's funny, somebody in the, in the chat mentioned that I'd given up on, on draw plays, and that's certainly not the case. In fact, I like one here in this spot. We've seen uh, two meetings in November, as you mentioned, high-scoring affairs. Both of them end up going to the shootout. So I'm taking the draw here at plus 340. I already had the over six. I played that yesterday because I knew there was kind of a toss-up of who was going to be in net, and I figured if Makanemi would be confirmed that he got called up three days ago, I figured if he got confirmed, that would move to six and a half. But I would tread very lightly. E2 Makanemi, I watched a little bit of him play with the Chicago Wolves a uh, year before. He went 11-2-1 with that team, and he was actually pretty good. Uh, he's got some good form. I think he's a guy that could possibly develop into a decent, probably not a starter, but definitely a, a, a 1B or a backup option in this league over time. So I would tread a little lightly. Anaheim, I mean, it's, it's up and down as they are. They've been so bad. It's hard for me to try to bet them sidewise so i just love this total i already got six if you see six and a half now i suggest waiting to grab it live but i love this one to go into ot so uh draw plus 340 i think that's pretty good value well and look at the form of both teams speaking of the draw bet that alex likes anaheim's gone beyond regulation in three of their last five games san jose just went to overtime against vancouver uh, the other night and two straight have gone beyond regulation head to head with the Sharks and the Ducks. Both of the previous meetings in November went to a shootout. So the draw is live. I think I actually will bet that too. It, it very Even though I like Anaheim, I'm going to add a little on the draw as well. Uh, Stark, how about you here? Sharks, Ducks. Yeah, by the time they drop this puck, it'll be the last uh, game of the night, probably close to 10.30 Eastern. So you're going into a long Saturday. Just enjoy yourself and bet the over six and a half on this one. Sharks have a goalie making uh, his first start as a team. San Jose's hit the over in their last three games. The Ducks have all this young talent who can score, but man, do they look lost in the defensive zone. Their last three games have hit the over. You're only watching this game to see goals because both these teams aren't winning anything this year. Lock in the over six and a half for this one. Now, who's going to win? We know we're talking could be a close game, could go to overtime. Anaheim had a surprise win over the Hurricanes Tuesday night, but have been getting owned by the Western teams, losing their last five in the conference I'm going to go Sharks hold on for the win here, uh, minus 120, minus 110, depending on where you bet it. So I'll go with San Jose, unfortunately, in against you on this one. And then I'll finish it off with a good prop, an interesting prop. Future Toronto Maple Leaf, Eric Carlson, 
over one and a half points plus 150. His offensive pace has slowed down a little bit, but he's still playing big minutes. Over 30 minutes against Vancouver the other night on Wednesday. He's the QB of their power play. It's worth a sprinkle, especially if you believe in the over. Eric Carlson over one and a half points. Yeah, you're a good guy, Stark. I'll give you that. You're down the road from me in Oakville, Ontario. But what pipe dream are you smoking? Ah, they right can make some moves me. around. The Leafs need some guys on the blue what end. What cap gymnastics do you have envisioned <laughs> yeah. in your brain to make that suddenly happen? Hey, that's how Leaf fans yeah. think, right? Every big star eventually comes here. We always think that. So Carlson's, he's not, the he's, Carlson's not old enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the big stars come is when they're headed for the nursing home. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So, anyhow, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. All about the over, over for sure on this. Uh, and you know, I, I might sprinkle a little on that draw. I think that's a good point by Alex too. And uh, I think these teams are going to be trading goals all night, and it could just squeak into overtime. So, not a bad idea there either. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, Eric Carlson though is going to garner more interest with the resurgence this year. Now his yeah. goal scoring's kind of cooled off, but the point production hasn't uh, for uh, Eric Carlson this year. And more importantly, he stayed healthy. Usually he's uh, if, suffered another injury by now uh, given his uh, recent history but he stayed on the ice he stayed available and, and you look at him he has gotten a point in each of the last three games and he has a total of two three four five in the last six games and 20 uh, 35 points on the season already for uh, eric carlson so it's been uh, a resurgence no doubt for uh, ek uh, in sj all right next up we've got uh, philadelphia and vegas uh, final game of this massive friday card uh, it is Vegas minus 250 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total six across the board in this one. So I'm I'm deciding if I want to take Vegas. I know I don't want Philly here in this spot with Vegas off a, a clunker, you know, especially a third period debacle against the Rangers. They lost 5-1 the other night. You would expect Vegas to want to bounce back, be a lot better here tonight in this game. But I remember taking Vegas against Columbus after two home losses. Same kind of spot here, although they're at home tonight. You know, they lost to Vancouver and Seattle home games. They went to Columbus. They started strong, but they had to hang on, and they won in a shootout 3-2. So I don't know if I love the puck line enough to bet the puck line here, although it does feel like Vegas bounces back, Philadelphia going on the road. And and an interesting thing to consider is, look, you're Philadelphia. You're these players. You're having a bad year. You're not going anywhere. You know, you're struggling right now for the most part, other than beating a depleted Colorado team. Are you going? Are you really focusing on your next opponent, getting ready for a big game against Vegas, or are you going to maybe have some fun when you're in Las Vegas? If you're these Flyers players in the midst of a dismal season, you just want to have some fun, you know, relax a little bit, you know, forget about hockey for a bit. So it's not like there's a bet on spot for a struggling Flyers team either. Whereas for Vegas, I do think after the loss against the Rangers, which was kind of predictable, right? Wasn't that like a Stanley Cup feel uh, and victory to it, winning against Boston? Uh, handing them their first home loss of the season, win one for the Gipper, took over for Bruce Cassidy uh, in that game, uh, and they fell flat the very next game. I think they'll bounce back here. I think I prefer the Vegas first period puck line as opposed to the full game puck line because their tendency has been when they bounce back after a bad game, they they show up early, they jump to a, a out to a quick start, and then they kind of pace themselves after that, kind of like the Columbus game. So I think if I were to bet Vegas, I'd look more toward the first period puck line than the full game puck line. And you can get that at plus 135 at some spots. Uh, Vegas minus a half, plus 135, first period puck line. I think I'll make that an official play. I'll lean to the full game puck line as well. But I think I, I like the first period option uh, just a little bit more here. Alex, what, what about you, Flyers, Golden Knights? 
Yeah, you know, I, I lean to the over. This won't make my card. The thing is with Vegas, they've been an under machine at home. Uh, I think it's 110 yeah. and two now this year. They pushed uh, in the last game. But yeah, this just, you know, Philly, it depends. Like I said, you know, did they go out and party a little bit? You know, Carter Hart's road numbers. We talk about that all the time. It, it's just kind of tricky. This could easily be a 3 nothing Vegas win, or this could be a, a 6-2 Vegas win. Uh, it's just, you know, a little too volatile for me, so I'm passing it. Nothing wrong with that on a big card, saying pass to a certain game, no doubt. Stark, how about you, Flyers-Knights? Yeah, I got Logan Thompson in my, you know, top three to five Vesna candidates right now as well. He's coming off a bad loss to the Rangers, giving up five goals on 37 shots, and I expect him and the team to kind of bounce back. Let's hope, I haven't had word yet, but let's hope Eichel might be back after missing the last two games, uh, maybe give this team a good little boost. And good teams don't lose two in a row, especially both of them at home. And Vegas is good. So I like Vegas in regulation. Minus 145 is what I saw. Now I'm leaning the under as well, but I won't make it a a, a real bet. It's a tough one. So keep an eye on it. Maybe live uh, might be the play to do it. I do like a prop in this game. Mark Stone. He's not scored a goal in seven games dating back to November 23rd, but he's still playing a lot of minutes, close to 20 minutes a night. He's on the top line. He's on the top power play. So Mark Stone over 0.5 goals at plus 205. That's value. I'll take it. There we go. Mark Stone to find the back of the net. The one I would look at for Vegas, just because, you know, he's a little undervalued. He's starting to find the back of the net a couple of games lately is Paul Cotter uh, on this uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights team. He's got more of an opportunity of late going up the lineup. I think a little undervalued in terms of his goal prop uh, as well right now for the uh, Golden Knights. And uh, Eichel's a game time decision. I'm just looking at the update right now. So uh, we'll, we'll know probably right before puck drop if he plays. And we should pass along best wishes and thoughts to Alex Petrangelo, who has announced that he's going to be away from the team for a lot longer. There's an illness in the family, obviously a severe one of some kind. So whatever's going on, hopefully, uh, you know, best wishes to the Petrangelo family uh, right now. And Alex looks like he's going to be away from the team still for another indefinite period moving forward. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy? Flyers and Golden Knights. Gonna give you another Jimmy Puck line. Give me the uh, Vegas Golden Knights minus one and a half, and I- I'm gonna jump on that, Mister Cartel. Welcome back, Cotter. Uh, I'll jump on that for a goal prop. Thank you very much. Yeah, Paul Cotter. I mean, a nice little diamond in the rough here since he's been uh, playing regularly for this uh, Golden Knights team and uh, starting to uh, percolate a little bit offensively. And look, he's gonna get opportunities with Stevenson and Stone right mm-hmm. now on the uh, top line for the uh, Golden Knights. So Paul Cotter had the two goals against Boston. Uh, in that big victory earlier this week. So you get nice plus 300, almost plus 400 in some spots with him uh, to score a goal tonight. Uh, before we get to best bets, uh, Jimmy, we have you on every Friday, of course. Just some news and notes, some stuff around the league, scuttlebutt that you're hearing, anything you want to throw out there to the viewing and listening audience? I mean, just a lot of stuff that you're seeing out there already. Um, you know, I, I think obviously, as he referenced earlier, the Leafs there definitely want a defenseman. I, I don't know if it's going to be Carlson, but they're definitely in the hunt for it. Uh, and a team I'd start to keep an eye on, too. I think they're, they've established themselves as a contender, and they might be able to maneuver cap-wise as the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I, I think they look to add a bit in Winnipeg as well. Uh, but with Carlson, guys, one team I, I think could jump into that, uh, and not a lot of people are talking about right now, is the L.A. Kings. Uh, and I, I think the Kings are going to be very active 
before the NHL trade deadline. They've got a lot to play with, a lot of trade trips, so many young prospects, uh, former first-round picks, a lot of young guys on their team uh, that teams will want. So I think they're going to look to kind of take a leap there and get into sort of that next stratosphere this season uh, and in the playoffs. So that's a team I'd keep an eye on going forward. All right. Excellent. Good stuff. That's our little version of insider trading. That's that segment <laughs> TSN does here in uh, Canada with LeBron and uh, uh, Chris Johnston and uh, Darren Drager. Uh, we just did it right here with our very own uh, Jimmy Murphy here on the uh, Ice Guys show. All right. Great stuff. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, $10 a month. Make sure you check that out. Our live or our daily Ice Guys betting cards are posted there uh, after every show. Uh, totals charts, goalie charts, power ratings and more. Tons of bonus content and more coming in the new year. Make sure you sign up, patreon.com slash guys, just $10 a month. Uh, all right, uh, we've got best bets now to wrap up this edition of the show. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? I right, just quickly want to mention uh, com. This is probably today and tomorrow, probably the last two days uh, to order something standard shipping and have it there in time for Christmas. So definitely want to check that out. we got a, a bunch of cool stuff going, going on over there. So uh, definitely check that out. The Ice Gash uh, store. Looked up, I looked that up. But my best bet, it's going to be Boston, Arizona. First period over. I got one and a half minus 135. Uh, you should be able to shop around and find that. My cutoff point for that would be 145. If you see that, wait for it in game. But I'm also going to give you a little bonus here. I like a three-team parlay on the first period over tonight. I'm going to go with the Jets-Blackhawks game the Kraken Capitals game, and Bruins Coyotes. All first period overs. That should pay around plus 350. That's the price that I got because uh, you're laying 140, 150 with all those combined. So anywhere in the plus 330 to 350 range for that three-team parlay. I don't play them often, but I do have one tonight. But my just top best bet for right now will be Bruins Jotes first period over one and a half minus $1.35. There we go. Boston, Arizona, over one and a half, minus 135, first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. All right, Stark, uh, your first time on the Ice Guy Show, and it definitely won't be the last. You did an awesome, awesome job. We'll definitely yeah. have you back. Uh, but your first best bet, make it count. What do you like? I'm going Oilers wild over six and a half uh, between these two teams, their last 10 games, nine of them have gone over. I like a big night from the Oilers stars, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins. We mentioned dry side though. They're going to play great goaltending on both sides. Uh, questionable. Maybe Skinner could play decent enough to get the Oilers to win, but Flurry's going to let up a lot. So I'll take the over six and a half Oilers and wild as my best bet. All right, Minnesota, Edmonton, over six and a half. Best bet for Stark here on the Ice Guys. Jimmy Murphy, what do you got? Best bet. Guys, I'm going to look at uh, that one that Alex has delivered to us. It's been a, a winner almost every game, every time he starts. That's the uh, the Riddick in the first period there. Winnipeg Jets, Chicago Blackhawks, first period over. All right, there it is. Winnipeg, Chicago, first period over for Jimmy Murphy uh, with his best bet for this Friday card. My best bet is going to be from that same game, but it's the full game total. Uh, we're going to go Winnipeg, Chicago, over six, minus 120. I like it. Jets have scored five goals in a majority of their recent games. They get to face this weaker Chicago defense, Soderblom, 
not exactly trustworthy or a brick wall in the net. But Chicago, after back-to-back shutouts, no goals in the last two games, I think they're bound to get some offense going here tonight against Dave Riddick, Big Civ Dave and the Jets, tired maybe a little bit on a back-to-back on the road as well. So Winnipeg, Chicago, over six, minus 120 for my best bet for this Friday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Great show. Jimmy on his usual Friday spot. We thank Stark, our guest for joining us. Alex, of course, as always, great stuff. And we will be back, of course, tomorrow. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex P. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, our guest Stark, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Saturday, noon Eastern, for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 